All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. Kind of a hectic day so far. We got our first COVID-19, our first COVID-19 death of September. Second COVID-19 death today. Along with the Cooley Collaborative website going live again. On the show today, coming up in a couple of minutes, Peter Cameron, the editor, managing editor, the head, let's just call him the head of the Badger Project, badgerproject.org. He's going to be on with me. We're going to talk about a couple of different things, uh, policing and and just what maybe maybe some, hovering around the state law and, and maybe what the the steps are. As, as we, you know, see that Kenosha shooting incident ha- getting further away, but what, what, what is the state doing and, and what are the steps in, in terms of uh, investigating that? Uh, a little bit similar to what uh, the Cross County District Attorney Tim Grinke talked about, but Peter will bring a different perspective on that. Um, also, they have a couple of different stories on the internet and or the lack thereof. In terms of uh, being in rural areas and, and not having the internet, not being a, not even being able to get it, let alone not 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 having it, but not even being able to, to get it, and that's we, we've talked about that a couple of different times, just uh, with different lawmakers and and just talked about it in general. But the Badger Project, Peter Cameron at the Badger Project Project, has dived pretty deep into this and has a diff- couple of different angles on on things hovering around the internet and access and what different communities, municipalities even could do on their own if, if there are no ways to get the internet. So it's kind of interesting, uh, excited to talk to him about that being in a rural area, but having access to the internet, it's, it's kind of interesting because if a Centec wasn't out where I'm at, I my phone barely works where I'm at. If I didn't have the internet, I wouldn't be able to call anyone and text would probably come in days later as sometimes they do anyway, but I'm always on Wi-Fi at home. But if I didn't have the internet out there, there like it would, that would make sense. Cause we're just, I, I live out in rural Houston County or, and, and <laughs> we're, we're a little community out there, but there's nothing else around. So, you know, the, the idea of coming together as a community, creating something uh, where we all pitch in to, to create some kind of uh, internet abil- ability for us to get the internet as a little community out there is, is kind of what I think Peter's story, one of Peter's stories is, is about. Um, but again, uh, the second death from COVID-19 today, I'm sure Brad will... We'll discuss it a little bit. Not a whole lot of information, as as is the case uh, the first time this happened back in July. I think uh, July 17th, I believe, was the first time that we reported a, a COVID-19 death. Also, the same general age range, a, a man in his 70s who was hospitalized. And that's pretty much all the information we have. And, uh, it's, it sucks, right? Like, uh, the, the, the health department put out September 2nd, the cross County health department was notified of an individual who passed away from complications of COVID-19 second death in the County resident was a male in his seventies 
our team would like to express deepest condolences to family, friends, and those impacted by this loss of life. In order to protect the family's privacy, we will not be releasing additional information. So that's where we're at with that. Uh, On top of that, we saw, I got it somewhere, I think only six cases of COVID-19 today in in La Crosse County. And I say only because uh, it used to be if we got six cases, that was like, what? You know, back in in the early parts of, you know, March, we, we didn't get that at all. April, May even, I'm kind of looking. I've got a whole database here of cases. Uh, into, into June even, cases were pretty low. And then all of a sudden we got like 20 a day in mid-June. And then, and then it's kind of teens, tens, high, high single digits. So six is like good now. That's the new, the new yes, only six. Uh, yesterday was 20, the day before was five, and then 21, 23, 24, 32, 17, 13. So a lot of cases on, on different days. Today was a low one, two days ago, also five. So, um, yeah, and and this is why the Cooley COVID, what is it, uh, the, the Cooley COVID-19 collaborative website was was launched because it's not looking at, and they stopped doing daily cases because we're not looking at cases by day anymore. Because it doesn't it doesn't work that way. When we get six cases today and twenty yesterday, and five the day before, and then ten days of like twenty cases in a row, um, it's just too much of like a like that heart rate monitor up and down. So the the collaborative website was updated again today. It's going to be updated at three p.m. on Wednesdays. Uh, the biggest change the metrics page the metrics page got changed. It went from yellow last week to orange now. And orange is worse than yellow, but maybe better than red. I don't know if it'll go to red, if there is a red. Not really sure. But the the case metric uh, per 100,000 jumped from 9.8 last week to 16.8 this week. So almost double. And uh, a couple other metrics went into some kind of warning yellow-ish color. Not really exactly sure, but I think I'm I'm trying to get someone on with with Mayo on with Hayes tomorrow morning in the 8 o'clock hour. So if you want more information on that, uh, tune in tomorrow with Hayes. And uh, we'll, go to, we'll go to Joe, who's always worried about the virus. Uh, he's, he's, I don't even, Joe, you don't even have fingernails anymore, right? Because you're so worried about the virus? Well, I'm more worried about the psychological damage that we're causing children, scaring the crap out of them for no reason. Well, how, how, um, are, how are children... Where, in what regard? Like, are, are, how many you you, are your are kids listening to the show? Children. You're torturing them. How, are You're they listening? Them think to... They're going to die if they go outside or just Joe, why, live a normal life. Joe, why are your kids listening to Lacrosse Talk PM? Well, I'm talking about you guys in general who believe in this crap. But here's what I want to say: You are reporting uh, deaths uh, from complications of COVID, which we can all agree is viral pneumonia. Um. I want to challenge you, once this whole exercise in futility is over, when it finally comes to an end, I want to challenge you to report on the normal 50,000 viral pneumonia deaths that occur each year. I want you to report on every single one of them that's from La Crosse County for the next two years. Joe, Joe, when you, when, listen, Joe, when you get attacked by when, Joe, when you get attacked by a bear and the bear rips your heart out and smashes it, is the death because your heart stopped beating or because a bear attacked you? 
Well, it's because I'm talking about viral pneumonia death. Okay, so so, so these are these are from COVID. Bear so attack. Let's report on all of the viral pneumonia deaths. Bear, I listened for years. He never reported on any until this year. So bear attack then, or heart stopped beating. Well, I'm just wondering. You never reported on a viral pneumonia death, and Wisconsinites die every year from that. Why this year are you reporting on them? So bear attack. So I want I want you to report. Heart on stopped every- beating. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to call Peter Cameron here. Brad's going to do the news in just a minute. We'll be back after this. I wish him. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Peter Cameron's on with me now. Peter Cameron out of Madison, the Badger Project. He's the managing editor of the Badger Project, thebadgerproject.org. And we want to talk about a little bit about... Uh, internet and rural internet and internet access and also policing and in, 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 in terms of, uh, you know, just at, at where we're at with Kenosha and, and kind of going from there and a couple of stories. You've actually had quite a few stories on both, Peter, but the, the badgerproject.org, uh, can you just can you just talk about what it represents and, and your your guy, your mission there at the Badger Project? Sure. It's a it's a nonprofit organization. Like you said, I'm we're nonpartisan, so we don't we don't really take. Um, political stances, but we try to educate people, try to cover things that aren't being covered in other uh, news sources. So we, we do a lot of focus on on rural areas, like you talked about with the with internet and broadband. Um, also, with uh, for recently, we've been doing some coverage of policing, specifically what the laws are on the books, um, so that you know before we have an argument about it, we all need to at least know what what the facts on the ground are, what the laws are, and then we can decide what what to do about it. Uh, what do you think the uh, the most popular, before we get into this policing story, the most popular story you guys have had so far? Most popular story, we did a, a campaign finance analysis of uh, the race up in northern Wisconsin for Congress. It was Tom Tiffany versus Trisha Zunker. And um, the, the, there were, uh, the spe- who were the spenders in that? The Coke Network uh, donated some money, was, was spending money. Um, the owners of Quick Trip, uh, you guys know the Zeitlows were... We're supporting one of the candidates in that race. Uh, there were some national tribes supporting uh, Zunker because she is a member of the Ho Chunk tribe. So a lot of interesting people spending and donating in that race. Yeah, I had a, a my congressman is on Facebook today talking about Pelosi and dark money going to uh, his competitor Dan Fian, and uh, I just I shared it on my Facebook page and I was like, hey, it sounds like our congressman here wants to create legislation to get dark money out of politics. But, you know, there's he's been in office for two years. He isn't I haven't seen any legislation from him yet, though. So always kind of funny how those the 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 representatives that we have all have two two uh, social media accounts. One is their quote unquote official page where where they they post, you know, all the bipartisan things they do. And then they're on, you know, then their campaign page is is a, a bleep show, I would say. But uh, you're nonpartisan, so but you can. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that both sides uh, practice the the same the same uh, issue there with with the social media. But um, all right, so the 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 one of your stories on policing, and it's dated July fifteenth. So this is actually probably a, a little bit after George Miller. Would you say George Floyd? Yeah, George it, Floyd. This, yeah. this happened right after George Floyd, but sadly still relevant. Today, you want me to just go through some of the what the laws are on the books in well, Wisconsin? Kind well, of surprising, actually. Yeah, and I'll say the headline of the story, if you want to go to the badgerproject.org, is policing in Wisconsin, room for improvement, but could be a lot worse. Um, and I say George Miller over – I, I, I accidentally say that, said that because that was a Central High School boy that was 
that was killed some years ago here in town. Um, but yeah, obviously George Floyd, uh, the, the what sparked your your uh, uh, wanting to write this article, and and it's <laughs> even more relevant now. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, just kind of break down uh, uh, the article here in in terms of uh, policing Wisconsin, room for improvement, but could be a lot worse. Sure, and that that quote comes from a uh, criminal justice professor at. John Jay College, let me get in, in, in New York, he's a former Marine, his name is Henry Smart III, and so that's where that, that quote's not coming from me, that's coming from him as someone that, that, that looks at policing laws across the state. But uh, Wisconsin, surprisingly, considering that Republicans controlled the state from 2000, what was it, 2011 to 2019, Wisconsin, I was surprised to find Wisconsin's actually, in some ways, a little progressive on on policing, the the first one was that in 2014, Scott Walker signed uh, a law, signed a bill into law that that made Wisconsin the first state in Wisconsin, the uh, first state in the United States to uh, require independent investigations of police-related deaths, police-involved deaths. So the the way the law is on the books now is that is that there have to be when there's there has to be an investigation of a police-related death, and there have to be at least two people. From outside the uh, the the department where the officer comes is hired and or is employed by and um, and they have to conduct the investigation. The way it actually the way it generally works in Wisconsin is the Department of Justice does the investigation. That's what's happening with in Kenosha right now. Yeah, I think it's the the Division of Criminal Investigation, the DCI, right? Yeah, that's that generally that's that's not the law. That's not what the law says. The law just says that it has to be two people from outside the organization from outside the. The department, but um, generally, that's the, the DOJ is this, this criminal investigation unit is doing the investigation. There are some exceptions there in Milwaukee; they have their own sort of team, but generally, that's that's the way it works. So you you see that criticism around the country a lot that um, you know uh, police departments just sort of investigate themselves and then clear themselves, and they say well, this was a justified shooting or whatever. So that that doesn't really happen in Wisconsin. Um, uh, another thing that that we do in Wisconsin is we have a bad cop registry, which means when an officer is fired for for cause or resigns before or after, um, you know, due to an investigation into his or her conduct, that goes that uh, the, the police chief or the the law enforcement whoever's running the law enforcement organization needs to report that to the Depart- Department of Justice, and um, and then when when somebody when you want to hire a police officer when you're looking to hire a new police officer you have this database. You can check the database to see if the if this applicant has any black marks on his any uh, on his record, and that's a complaint. Another complaint nationally is that bad cops kind of get fired somewhere and then they go get hired somewhere else. What? Yeah, and I, I would say maybe a loophole here, maybe not. But would if if I'm a quote unquote bad cop or I'm on this registry in Wisconsin, I'm not gonna I'm probably not gonna get a job in Wisconsin. But I'll just go over to Minnesota or down to Illinois and and, and apply for a job there and and hopefully. Uh, they won't look into uh, that registry, but it seems like it'd be pretty easy to do that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. If there's some sort of reciprocity agreement, that's that's a good point. I don't know what uh, if if there's something like that. But I mean, that's one thing that that Congress uh, in the House of Representatives, which is now Democratic controlled, they want to do a national bad cop registry, which I guess would solve that problem. Um, that that bill is stuck in the House, so the, the Republican Senate had their own bill. Which Democrats didn't like, and then uh, you know, Democrats in the House had their own bill that uh, Republicans didn't like. So, but that but that is a discussion of, of for a national cop registry. 
Yeah, it kind of goes uh, along the lines of what's happening in Wisconsin is the 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 we're just not going to vote. The other side's not going to vote on these bills because we don't want to give a win to quote unquote the other side. Um, what, what how surprised were you about what went down this week with the thirty uh, second legislative sessions? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't wasn't that surprised because they did it. That, that's what the the Republican leadership did. The the first when Tony Evers, what was it when Tony Evers wanted to wanted them to debate? I think it was the coronavirus, wasn't it, for the election? There was there was one on gun legislation back in November. They gaveled in and gaveled out of that one pretty quickly. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. And it, that that had to do with, uh, I think, uh, some kind of registering for for gun gun registry, and then the uh, the red flag law as well. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I know that Democrats, Democrats and Republicans have introduced bills aimed at um, reforming police and, and and giving police more training and, and doing various things. And uh, I mean, it's it's not only Democrats that are introducing bills, uh, police reform and and things like that. So I mean, I I don't know. I, journalists shouldn't shouldn't make predictions because we're so bad at it. But in, in <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't appear that the legislature is going to come back before next year. But I, I imagine that'll be something on the docket next year maybe there's a, there's at least a task force looking at it now so we'll see in the, in the in the spring well and then maybe all that stuff gets done early next year because that we're the furthest amount of time away from the next election so we could actually maybe maybe some lawmakers could make some laws quick before so we forget about them by the by the end of the election cycle that's true take some early hits and then hunker down all right we're speaking with peter cameron he's the Managing editor of the Badger Project. How old is the Badger Project? Oh, we've been around for about three years now. Three years, okay. And and just this was was this just something that it was your baby, and you you, you wanted to start something that was on your own, and, and you saw you saw a need here for for some investigative journalism in the in the Wisconsin in Wisconsin, especially the Madison area. Yeah, I mean, I, we focus mainly. I, I mean, focus less on Madison and more on rural areas because that's kind of where the need is. I mean, I think I think most people know how. The journalism industry has been going. Newspaper industry has been dying everywhere, and so we're trying to sort of fill some of that gap of, of uh, the coverage that's not happening in uh, across the state, and especially in rural areas where they don't have a daily newspaper that's that's asking asking questions and, and informing people. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what we're going to get into here in a couple of minutes. Uh, the idea of uh, the the idea of getting access to the internet so that you can get the badgerproject.org uh, from from home in rural areas it's the, the the irony there of writing stor- stories about uh, rural access to the to the internet in in on a on a website that those people wouldn't be able to read <laughs> that's true we partner with newspa- newspapers so sometimes newspapers run our stories so you might be able our stuff in print now and then. yeah i saw i saw you shared a, a couple of different uh, uh different stories that that got picked up uh what was the most recent one i, I know it had to do with policing i believe police oh let's see you're, you're testing my memory last <laughs> time something ran i mean we had a there was something ran in the cap times in the Ma- in, in the madison area um on back to school uh, r- rural schools going back and how they are dealing with virtual schooling without good internet so that's an issue for everyone the goal here is is for you to get picked up by like the new york times or at least the milwaukee journal right like so they can run one of your stories no the goal is to run in you know in the lacrosse tribune which we have before but to run in the small weeklies and and smaller newspapers across wisconsin that's generally what we want to do oh that yeah that makes perfect sense so uh the fillmore county 
Journal. Well, that's Minnesota, but that's the one I get free in my in my uh, mailbox once a week. All right, we're going to continue the conversation with Peter Kamen here in a minute. Scott's comment coming up. Brad doing the news, and then we're going to talk about rural internet access, which I think uh, I think is a pretty big and important issue. Uh, we'll be back after this. I'm with him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, shoot me a text. Peter Cameron, the managing editor of The Badger Project. Thebadgerproject.org is the website he's created. It's a couple years old now, and it and it was it kind of interesting, Peter, uh, your your strategy here. It makes a lot of sense, the the idea that journalism – and and newspapers are are you know shrinking the the ability to get the the message out there and and you you don't want to be in the big papers you actually want to be in the smaller papers which I uh, I was like oh yeah that makes that makes perfect sense I mean yeah we I mean if it's relevant to Milwaukee we'd like to be in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel but yeah we want to get it mainly we want to get it to especially for rural coverage like this rural internet piece we did recently we want to get it to the people that that it matters most to that it affects most yeah and you have a couple of different stories on rural internet you know one's headlined wisconsin's rural students face a digital divide as some return to screens instead of school and the other story you have uh, a week earlier get got lousy internet wisconsinites uh here's a big idea to improve it so that one right away i was like whoa what we got lousy internet i do kind of have but i'm not in wisconsin but um that, that's that's kind of a, an interesting one. I think we all know the dilemma as we go to virtual schooling. The lacrosse school district is delaying uh, school for one month, uh, and before making a decision, we'll see what happens come October. Um, but but the idea of of just getting internet access out there when where you don't have any. What was the what was the big come what, come away from this story? Well, I mean the the problem is so if you live in I'm, I don't know what what the internet like is is like in lacrosse, but in a lot of urban areas, the, the big internet providers are happy to make, it, it costs a lot of money to, to bury fiber optic cables in the ground. That's an expensive uh, excavation project, but they're, they're happy to do it because there's lots of customers in an urban area like Madison or Milwaukee or probably lacrosse. Um, but in rural areas, you don't have many customers. So the, the private companies don't want to make that investment. Um, so, so that's why a lot of rural people are kind of in trouble when it comes to internet, in Wisconsin especially, but across the country. And this this story looks at an option for rural people and, and small people in small communities. And the the idea is that uh, the municipality, the municipal government, your village, your town, your city board can um, can do it themselves. They can make the investment and um, pay for the the project and hook people up and. And it costs, you know, it costs a million dollars. It might cost a couple million dollars, and um, and then something. Then the city can. There's a couple places in Wisconsin, uh, in Reedsburg and in Wapaka, and they actually provide internet to customers. They are the they are the internet provider, like your AT and T or Frontier or whatever. But and that's one option. That's that's kind of a, a that's a little harder because the municipality usually doesn't want to become a cable company or an internet company. But uh, another another option that a place like Sun Prairie in, in Dane County did is that you can pay for it and and build the system, and then you can sell it and sell it. So the uh, the private companies in your area might not want to make the initial investment, but you can do it publicly. The municipality can do it and then sell it. And, and Sun Prairie actually sold at a profit. Sometimes they're able to sell them 
and a profit. But but the the takeaway is that the internet is is greatly improved for for the people in that town. So when you, when before the, the the city or the municipality got involved, they had I don't know dial up or you said Rick, you have DSL, which is not that fast by by uh, modern uh, you know in modern times, but. Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't win any games online in Madden or NBA Two K. Too slow. <laughs> um, it's interesting though. The <laughs> do you think like Sun Prairie? Do they do they put some stipulations on it when they when they sell their their essential their internet access to a private company? Hey, by the way, you can't charge us more than X amount of dollars because that'd be really funny if they did that. And then all of a sudden, the, the internet company's like, "All right, one hundred twenty bucks a month for internet for you guys." <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's you know you can negotiate anything. I think that's something that municipalities have done is they they might negotiate free service for their municipal buildings or school buildings or yeah something like you can't jack the price up. That's that's certainly. I mean, you, I, I'm not I can't remember if anybody has done it, but you certainly could if you wanted to. Yeah, and it's kind of it's 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 got to be the the easiest way because obviously these businesses that are in the business of providing internet would also have the infrastructure around fixing your internet when it goes down, when it goes down or goes bad, or there's, you know, something happens. I don't actually know the ins and outs of what would happen if your internet goes down. Although my internet goes down a couple of times in the last couple of months when I was on it and I was pretty mad. Um, but, but uh, yeah, the, the alternative is to have that little community, you know, have their own little internet van and an internet guy. They'd have to pay that guy. one Somebody would have to be an expert and then they'd have to pay that guy a salary. Right, so it's just more, you know, it's more employees and more, just more hassle for the municipality. But that, you know, it's an option, and and, and it works. And in, in Reedsburg, for example, which is, is kind of near the Dane County area, that's it. They they do it, and they they do it successfully. One thing I should, I should note is that there are there are some minor hurdles. Um, well, depending on who you ask, there are some some hurdles to, for a municipality to build their own. Internet infrastructure. One is that you have to do a feasibility study, which uh, you know most people would argue you should be doing it anyways. But you have to do a feasibility study. It's like a three-year what it would what it would cost and when the revenue would bring in that kind of thing, and also have a public hearing. And again, those are probably things that that you should do anyway. But um, some critics of that law say that that then. Um, so if let's say the city of Lacrosse was thinking about doing this, and they had they have you know they have their feasibility study, they put it out, and uh, they have a, a a hearing that people can come to and, and, and give public comment and complain or whatever they want to do. Is uh, when that happens, you'll see um, uh, the local providers, which are that's th- a big threat to them to have the, the municipality get involved, and uh, so often they'll run against it and they'll they'll send out. Um, you know, an AT&T, a CenturyLink, uh, a charter, whatever it is, they have they have the, the money to spend on a campaign kind of running against it and telling people that it's bad or whatever. And maybe it is or maybe it isn't. But they have the ability to fund a, a, a sort of a PR campaign against it because it's in their interests. It's not that, well, the, the municipal network would not be in their interests, especially if they have a monopoly in the area. So those are some things that uh, a municipality would have to do and, and deal with. Uh, another thing is that the the state d- does uh, put some money aside for for grants to give to private companies and non and and, t- uh, and uh, co-ops and municipalities. But if a, a municipality wants to get a state grant to do broadband, um, they have to have a private partner. 
and I haven't done much reporting on this, but but one piece of criticism is that well, then the local private provider could block a municipality from getting a uh, a state grant. Now I don't know if that's happened in if that's actually happened. It's I guess it's a possibility based on on how things work at the state level. But that's that's just important to to know for um, as far as broadband at the municipal level. We're speaking with Peter Cameron. He's the managing editor of the Badger Project, the Badger, the BadgerProject.org. And uh, Peter, I got a question on the text line for you from Libertarian guy. He says uh, fiber optic cable in rural areas is a cost prohibitive. Why are people who live in rural areas unable to obtain internet through the use of a hotspot or an air card? You know that answer? Yeah, you, yeah. That's I mean that's a great point. It is. It's it's expensive to. That's no. There's no question about it. It's expensive to put in. Uh, fiber optic cables in rural areas, you know, not like I said, not many people. So yeah, that's certainly that's and that's what rural people do is they have a hotspot using the cell phone networks, uh, their satellite internet there. And um, I mean, it's the, the problem with that is it's just it's not as good generally. It's uh, and it's dependent upon, or it can be affected by topography and weather and uh, and, and different things like that. So that's that's a problem that you don't have with uh, fiber optic lines. I just um, think of, I mean, go ahead. I, I just think of uh, the Star Wars Rebel base with the giant satellite dish. That's what your rural area would look like. You'd have a giant satellite dish in your backyard. <laughs> That's what you'd need. That's what you'd need. I, I mean, I was thinking about the sort of about by you guys the uh, the driftless area, and it's it's tough to do wireless internet out there um, just because of all the all the topography you have. Yeah, definitely. One thing, uh, have you heard of Have you heard of Starlink? I think there's a lot of hope for Starlink in rural areas. Um, is that a satellite company? It's Elon Musk's SpaceX company. Oh, okay. Well, we were talking about Elon's flamethrowers a couple of weeks ago. So, okay, this this is yet another one of his inventions. He's he's putting a, a fleet of of satellites out in space, and there's hope that they'll be able to deliver uh, you know internet to rural areas without having to dig any any fiber optic lines. Now, you know, we'll we'll see if it works. It's 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 one thing to deliver to deliver that sort of internet to one or two people. But if you want to deliver to a bunch, I, I don't know, you know, the jury's out. Some of the experts I talked to are a little skeptical that they could do it on a, on a large, on a widespread level, but we'll see. Yeah. And it'd probably give everyone in the world cancer or COVID. Uh, so. We'll see. <laughs> um, the, part of the problem too, though. So the, the, in our area, all the bluffs here and, and everything, the, you know, like where I'm at, if I just had my cell phone and I wanted to make my cell phone a hotspot, if I didn't have access to the internet, it would be very frustrating because I have to go into a certain portion of my house to even get like uh, t- uh, like two bars at some point and to make that a hotspot to try to use the internet to upload a video. Not even Netflix, but if I'm thinking like a student needs to watch like a two-minute video um, to do a report on or whatever, uh, it would be near impossible. Not near impossible, but it would be very, very time-consuming to get stuff like that uploaded onto a laptop. Yeah, I'll bet. I mean, and that's, that's pivoting to the, the education piece we did. That's a problem for households with, with a bunch of kids is that if you have, if your internet speed's okay, but you have three kids and they all need to get on their, their tablets or whatever to, to do their schoolwork, the, the more devices you have hooked up, the, the slower that's going to make your internet. So that's, I mean, that's sort of an argument for doing fiber optic because what did you say you get at your at your house rick your 15, 15 megabit meg, per yep. second or something yeah and that works and, for, uh, that works okay 
for one, right? For like one device or for yeah. multiple? Yeah, I haven't had a problem. I mean, I, there's there's never more than two people like say on Hulu or Netflix at one time, and and that's about it, you know. So it hasn't really ever. I haven't really ever had an issue. Okay, but for those of your listeners, I mean, I didn't really know internet speeds, but the federal definition of broadband is 25 megabits per second of download speed by uh, three megabits per second of upload speed. I, I, computers are downloading and uploading at all times, apparently. But um, in, in Reedsburg, for example, they have 1,000 megabits per second by 1,000 megabits per second. That's gigabit service. So that's just super fast. And, and you, you know, you, with, if you have a 4K TV, you can stream Netflix on, on that high high level and that's and that's kind of and as we as technology improves that's you're going to need faster and faster speeds to to deal with the, the higher quality of streams that we're, we're doing so it's kind of uh i mean what you have now is might be okay for now but yeah i'm, I'm actually looking because i i feel like i might actually have 50 i think i used to have 15 and now i'm up to 50 but um, not really important. This isn't a show about me. Um, in doing your reporting on on not even just rural areas, but the the idea there's two concepts here in rural areas. Uh, is it a big problem? How is it a gigantic? Can we put a number on the the problem? It is how many people don't have internet access in Wisconsin, or or just you know I imagine it's northern Wisconsin's worse off. But it, was there any way to quantify it? Yes. Yeah, so the PSC, the Public Service Commission, says that um, more than 40% of rural residents, rural homes, lack access to high-speed internet, not the internet, but high-speed internet in in Wisconsin. And nationally, that number is about 31%. So we're at about 40% of rural residents that lack the high-speed access, and, and nationally it's 31%. So we're behind there. It's It's a problem nationally as well, but and I mean, if, if there are some areas where some rural areas where they have a local co-op that that you know they make the investment and they get people to to pay for it and they they can have really fast service, but but generally the big carriers don't they don't want to do it. It's just not profitable. I mean, it makes sense that they they're they're in to make money. They're it's it's a they're a for-profit organization, so it makes sense that they wouldn't want to do that. But then the, the option is to have somebody else step in. Yeah, and then and that's the idea where we get you know lawmakers involved in in trying to incentivize somebody to go out and do this, right? Yeah, and uh, Wisconsin was here. I'll give you some. I'll give you and your listeners some numbers here. Try not to give you too many, but from 2019 to about 2000, sorry, 2013 to about 2019. So most of the the last decade, Wisconsin granted about 20 million dollars for for expansion of broadband to give to. To potentially municipalities, but but internet service providers um, to to uh, you know to expand broadband mostly in rural areas or near rural areas where it's it's needed, and um, in the same time period, Minnesota gave out about a hundred hundred million, hundred eight million, and they required a match from from the providers about one hundred forty six million. So you're looking at like the difference was like two hundred fifty million compared to twenty million, mm-hmm. what Minnesota did compared to what Wisconsin did. And um, so, and, and Minnesota tells me that about 16% of rural households there lack access to high-speed internet. In Wisconsin, we have you know 40%. So you see, I mean, you know, that's that's it, that's uh, it's it's the decision. What what decision do you want to make? I mean, we have I'm sure we have lower taxes in Wisconsin than Minnesota does. So it just kind of comes down to what what you want your government to do or not to do. Yeah. All right, Peter Cameron, managing editor at the Badger Project. 
badgerproject.org. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks, man. All right, see ya. All right, we're going to take uh, the last break. Wrap up after this right here on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just a couple of minutes here to wrap up. Uh, we've got a couple of callers here. Thanks so much for holding. Kent, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Rick, how you doing tonight? I'm good. Good talk with that guy about the Internet with uh, the homeschooling and a lot of kids. How do they get on to uh, get their education? You know what I mean? Yeah, and even even if we're not virtual learning, when those kids come home from school, they got to do homework. How do they get on the Internet, you know? They don't have it, but, yeah, earlier caller came in and said, oh, you're scaring the crap out of kids and all this stuff. And, you know, you, you did mention, hey, we're not trying to scare the crap out of kids, but I remember back in the 90s when my son Josh, who's now 28, I was sitting out in the yard listening to WIZM, and he came up the next morning while he's eating his sugar pops and said, Hey, Dad, what's the Mississippi Queen? Because you guys said Mississippi Queen was coming tomorrow. Yeah. So kids do listen to you, and they're listening to you right now because their parents are listening to you. So your kid asked you that when he was 28, huh? <laughs> no, no, just no, when he was not, like six. I'm totally kidding. You know, no, but I wanted to picture it. If they're in the background, <laughs> their parents are listening to you. They, they hear what's going yeah. on with the COVID and stuff. But it, can't they might- think? Kent, in my head, Go I'm ahead. just picturing a 28-year-old eating a, a Tootsie Pop and listening. <laughs> hey, Dad, what's a Mississippi Queen? <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. All right. But with the COVID thing, what I don't like, you know, the reporting, and, and you're a good reporter, you do a great job, but, you know, two people died in lacrosse out of, let's go the whole distance, out of 118,000 people in the county. Yeah. You know, and let, let's, I know you can't say these pe- these two people were hospitalized, hospitalized, but were they in a nursing facility? Yeah, I mean, report they, the whole they, thing. They, they were hospitalized. That's all, that, and that's all we know. I got to let you go, Kent. Uh, Scott, Scott, real quick, you got like 30 seconds. Go ahead. Yep, that was a great Nazareth song, by the way, Mississippi Queen. Um, son explored uh, during his IT um, education, uh, internet uh, technology, the Ho-Chunk Nation laid all their own fiber optic and connected every one of their casinos at a million dollars like a, a mile or some crazy figure. Yeah. But, yeah, that's yep, that's all I wanted to say. He, he was just mesmerized by the fact that he, he knew long ago we needed fiber optic everywhere. We were supposed to have gotten it from our government. He says they never they never paid for it. I don't know. That's the kid, you know? Sure. So. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the call, Scott. Um, yeah, and and this is this is kind of the the problem that you know you choose to live in a rural area, then you don't get internet access. Figure it out, but also like we could we could figure it out as a community, right? As a community, as a state community, or we could do this federally, right?